Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. This is lesson four. Uh, we are going to cover following Jesus, how Jesus began to call his disciples. Um, my name is Margie Smith and hopefully you've been following us from the beginning. But if not, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first few podcasts of this course. And if you need additional resources, Remember, you can check out basicbible102.com. There you will find links to where you can order the study materials. And additionally, I meant to tell you from the beginning that um, you can also, if if you're finding it difficult to cover the reading of the different scriptures, you can go to uh, biblegateway.com. I think that's what it's called. And they have... uh, different passages of the Bible there, actually the whole Bible, and you can put it on audio and listen to it. And I think there's probably plenty of other apps where you can just listen to the scripture, like if you're in the car or, you know, you just want to plug it into your phone and listen to it as you're um, going about uh, just mundane tasks. So that would be a good way to cover some of the readings that are difficult to sit and just read um, large passages. For this course, there aren't a lot of large passages to have to cover at one time uh, compared to Basic Bible 101. Now, Basic Bible 101, we started off with not a lot of large passages, but the faster we got into the New Testament, the more there was to cover. And so that is part of the reason we're we're redoing Basic Bible 101, the last half, the New Testament, uh, in this form, Basic Bible 102. And also because there's so much more to glean from what was going on in the... Um, when Jesus was a walking on the earth and shortly thereafter the history of the the church and the letters of Paul. And all of it was a bit shortchanged in the first um, version. It was a good way and our goal has been to cover the entire Bible so that you have some way to think about all of scripture. The purpose of basic Bible has always been to help catch you up on the things that you probably feel like you've missed. You missed them in Sunday school or church or you recently became a Christian and it's all just so new to you. So the hope is that we can put things in some kind of a framework so that you can then fill in the gaps and it makes a lot more sense when you have a chance to see the whole picture and then can come back and say, okay, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, blah, 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 whatever it was. Okay, today I'm going to read a little bit of the first chapter of John because we're going to go back and look at some of John the Baptist. The last lesson we talked about had to do with how John the Baptist was born of Elizabeth and uh, he was cousins with Jesus and his, uh, he knew when Jesus was baptized that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, according to his own words, he wasn't sure of that until Jesus was baptized and he saw the dove uh, descend upon Jesus um, and as the Holy Spirit. So um, let's begin with John 1, and I am reading from the NIV version, the Student Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. So the word they're talking about here is Jesus, okay? Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overstood it. 
There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So right at the beginning, we see that John the Baptist's purpose was to shine the spotlight over to Jesus. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Okay, here it's talking about Jesus, that uh, Jesus came and he was not recognized, even though there was so many prophecies that pointed to him, and John the Baptist definitely was one that testified to him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. In other words, he came to the Israelites, and the Israelites didn't even recognize him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. So we see that from the beginning it was God's will that we would be his children. And up until this time, the children of God were the children of Israel. They were the Jews. And now there is a shift because the promise here is that that those who believed in Jesus would become the children of God. All right. This, remember that this book we're reading, the book of John, was written by a disciple of Jesus not John the Baptist that we're talking about here. So there's two different Johns. And so don't get too mixed up when we're we're covering this so that you think it's the same guy. It's not. He's a different uh, John the disciple. We will um, learn a lot about him later on. But just a short little snippet about John the Baptist here at the beginning of the New Testament. Okay, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is the fa- at the Father's side, has made him known. All right, so now we're going to look at what John the Baptist uh, came to do. Uh, starting in verse 19, Now there, w- this was John's testimony. When the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but freely but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, who are you then? Are you Elijah? And the reason they asked him that is because there was a prophecy that Elijah would return before the Messiah came. He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? So the religious leaders, the uh priests, Levites, um, the ones who uh, really did not understand what is this man doing out here calling for repentance of sin and baptizing people, came straight to John the Baptist and started drilling him with spiritual questions that he flatly explained, I am not the Messiah. In fact, Jesus said of him, in the words of Isaiah the prophet, 
He is the one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had seen him, um, had been sent, questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Okay, if you have a map of the uh, Israel at the time of Christ, you will see there's a long line that kind of goes from the Sea of Galilee down to Jerusalem. And that line is the uh, River Jordan. And it is in over at the River Jordan where John is baptizing. And so these events are happening along somewhere along that way uh, in the near the town of Bethany. All right, the next day John was uh, next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, "A man who comes after me, he has surpassed me because he was before me." I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is him who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify this. In This, um, this is the Son of God. So we have the first uh, person um, who literally says, this is the Christ, and they're telling everybody this. And people are confused, and they look at Jesus, and he seems pretty ordinary. And obviously, Jesus is not out there saying, I'm the Messiah. In fact, he's keeping a bit of a low profile here. And so John's disciples decide... Uh, in fact, John tells them, you should go and follow him because he is the the Christ. All right, so uh, when two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. So in these verses we've just covered... How many times does John point out that Jesus is the Messiah? At least three times that that I can see. He is openly pointing to the Messiah. And one of the people that John the Baptist kind of got on the wrong side of him was King Herod. Now, King Herod came to look at John. John became very popular with the people. There, There was a real revival beginning. And so... Herod, being naturally suspicious of anybody that looked like they might have any power, came and spoke to John. And uh, John pretty much nails it when he tells him, um, hey, listen, you're, bas- you're a sinner. You're a sinner. There's all there is to it. And he doesn't say it like that, but pretty much accuses King Herod of, being, of stealing his brother's wife, Herodias. And Herodias, of course, is furious because she, you know, being his sister-in-law and is now his wife, uh, doesn't, this embarrasses her, right? So um, because of that, King Herod pretty much has it in for John the Baptist from here on out because he pretty, uh, John the Baptist 
pointed out that King Herod, he could not be uh, the uh, powerful religious man I think he wanted people to see him as because he was a sinner. And you know, the truth is we're all sinners and we all have a tendency to be very prideful when it comes to wanting to admit our faults or mistakes or that we might need a savior. And so when John pretty much points that out, uh, King Herod really just from then on, he's going to find a way to get to John. So Jesus, shortly after this time, and remember we talked last week about how Jesus went into the wilderness and spent 40 days fasting and praying. And I hope you went back and read that passages that covered that. And then we see that when he came out, he did begin to uh, reach out to uh, people who might want to follow him, and which we call now his disciples. And those people who started following him were amazed at his teachings. In fact, over and over, as Jesus calls different ones to follow him, they just drop their whatever they're doing and they immediately obey. They immediately follow Jesus. And because people start to listen to Jesus preach and they see that some of John's disciples have followed Jesus, there's a little bit of a like, well, who does he think he is stealing John's disciples? Not too different than we run into sometimes with churches when they get very possessive of their people and then there's sort of this tug of war between you know who do you follow well I listen to this guy well I listen to that guy and that was never uh, the the Lord's intent and even in this John is saying no go and follow Jesus he's the Messiah okay sometime after this in fact quite a while after this and as I mentioned because King Herod out, had it out for John um, John sends the few disciples left that are still hanging with him uh, to Jesus. And he said, um, go and ask Jesus himself if he's the one or should we expect someone else? Now, John the Baptist knew, but he's sending his disciples to, to find out for sure. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you've heard and seen. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to all the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out in the desert to see? A reed swaying by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, these were who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one to whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way before you. So Jesus is giving honor to John the Baptist too. How does he describe John the Baptist? Uh, As one who is preparing the way. Okay, so what ultimately happens to John the Baptist? If you will turn in your Bible to Mark 6, and if you were did your homework, you probably already read this passage, uh, Mark 6, 14 through 29, and it reads, King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at his work in him. Others said he's Elijah, and still others claimed he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. You know, this doesn't sound too much different than all the questions that surrounded who Jesus was. 
All right, verse 16. But Herod heard this, and he said, John, the man I beheaded has been raised from the dead. For, for Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, Herodias being uh, this King Herod's new wife. She was not able to do it because the people really did like John a lot. So anyway, it says, when King Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune came, time came, and on his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leader, leading men of Galilee. And when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. So they were so overwhelmed with this wonderful dance that uh, Herodias's daughter did that they the king says to her, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. So she consults with her mom and says, I want John's head on a platter. And so pretty much backed King Herod into a corner and that's what he did. So we see that John the Baptist was beheaded. Um, and it's at this time that we start realizing that if this is a life or death situation, they're not going to take lightly the threat to their power, either the king or the religious leaders or uh, anyone who has any amount of power. And so, unfortunately, it puts Jesus in a predicament because he's preaching publicly and at the same time, they are plotting to kill him. So imagine that you're one of the ones who's been following Jesus and you hear about John the Baptist. There would be a certain level of seriousness to your decision to follow Jesus. Uh, back in John 1, where we left off, uh, we find out in verse 40 that Andrew Peter's, uh, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who was following Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, who we also called Peter, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Okay, so we find that Jesus begins in this rest of chapter one of John, the rest of his disciples. He calls uh, Philip. He says, follow me. Uh, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Pisidia. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see. So there's a natural, um, cynical, like, how can this be? He's just an average, everyday man. And yet, when they come to Jesus and they meet with him, they find the truth. They find that he is the Son of God. In, in their own hearts, they know it. So um, when, when Nathaniel gets up to Jesus and Jesus says, Oh, uh, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. He knows that Nathaniel is a critical thinker, but, but was willing to go check it out. And Nathaniel, who's never met Jesus before, says, well, how do you know anything about me, basically? And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. 
So Jesus knew exactly who he was going to call, exactly the ones who were going to come to him. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that, he added. I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And that is a prophecy we won't see until we get to the book of Acts. So already we see Jesus uh, calling people to follow him. And a common thing that, that occurs when you feel the tug in your heart to check out spiritual issues is the sense to be a little bit critical and cynical and and want to be sure because it's a pretty big life step to change your way of thinking to line up with what scripture says it requires a lot of you in some countries it will take require your very life it will change what kind of jobs you get or whether you're thrown into prison or whether you're executed so it was not an easy thing then, and it is not now, to decide to become a follower of Christ. And that's why I know it is not something to be taken lightly, but it is something to check out the claims of Christ and know and understand who he is so that when you commit your life to Jesus Christ, you can understand who it is that you have made this lifelong commitment to follow. And that is exactly what we find out in Matthew 8, 18 through 20, there's a place where Jesus is asking of those he called to follow him. What, what asking of them? He, he says to turn away from their old life, forgetting what they left behind, and beginning a new life in complete obedience to him. Most of us value our freedom, sometimes above everything else. And we do not want to easily throw away a life that we have built for ourselves. Um, and in some cases, it's we have we're self-made person. We know that we can do it on our own, and yet there's a deep longing for something more than this world has to offer, and that is where the claims of Christ, the call of the Spirit, begins to work in your heart, and you begin to see that maybe there's more. There's more than what I think what I have um, built. And that's exactly what um, following Christ is all about. It's saying everything I have and worked for and think that I am, I'm going to lay that down for the person who called me, who loves me, who died for my sin. In Luke uh, chapter 9 verse uh, 57 we read, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So people have reasons why they can't follow Jesus. They, But Jesus pretty much dispelled any reason. Now, did he really mean that he, the one guy wasn't supposed to bury his father? Chances are his father was not dead. Chances are uh, he was just the eldest son and was responsible for everything until his father passed away. And Jesus 
pretty much lays it on the line. You're going to have to pick what's most important to you, family or me. You know, what whatever else is holding you back from following me, you have to choose because Jesus is asking for everything. These are hard claims and it's why it's very difficult sometimes to make the decision to follow Christ. But it is a decision you won't regret. It's a decision that is lifelong and life-giving. All right, a few other places. Um, do you have to be a good person to follow Christ? Well, we, we learn in, in Matthew 9, Jesus calls a tax collector who is anything but a good man. In fact, this tax collector is Matthew, who we find did follow Jesus and did write the book of Matthew. Um, Ma- Matthew uh, is hated and people don't understand why Jesus would want someone like that on his team. But Jesus sees in him far more than the world sees and calls him and Matthew follows right then and there changes his life. So the cost of following Jesus was great for many. For Matthew, it was a very big financial risk, uh, giving up a very peach position as a tax collector. Um, and instead, you know, turning away from a life of crime that um, allowed him to be a very wealthy man. And instead, following Jesus. Um, and, and eventually, he'll be executed for that. In fact, all the disciples are eventually executed. Knowing that, it is a, takes on a whole different meaning when you decide to become a Christian. Because the call can be, uh, as I mentioned, life or death. It can mean um, everything. And eventually, uh, our hope is in heaven. And, and because of who Jesus is, it's a little bit easier to make that commitment. All right. Um <clears throat> For next week, uh, well, for your lesson, and I'm sure you had several questions in your homework that had to do with uh, how different people responded to the call of Jesus, go ahead and work through those um, questions, and hopefully I covered most of the lesson note questions. Um, We found out that um, the religious leaders came to be baptized by John, but they weren't ready to change their behavior, so it didn't really make any difference to just be baptized. The quest for spiritual enlightenment can be a mental exercise born of curiosity or it can be one of peer pressure. People are forcing you to um, check out the claims of Christ and you're not ready for that yet. Or it can be um, just, you know, it sounds like it's an interesting exercise in spiritual discipline. But I I warn you that it's a heart issue. It has far more to do with how you feel about God than it does what you think. Uh, When Jesus began preaching, people followed him because they wanted to know God. He met his followers right where they were. They were sinners. They were not perfect. And he said, follow me. Finally, Jesus was honest with his followers about the cost. He... um, I think it would be wise for you to read up on the different disciples and be ready to at least name the 12 disciples. And the reason for that is you will hear their names over and over in the rest of the New Testament. And so it will help you to be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's James, blah, 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 whoever that is. Okay, so that is all I'm going to cover for today. For next week, we will be covering the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of the first major teachings of Jesus. Up until this point, most of his 
preaching has been follow me. I, I have the answers that you're looking for. And when he gets to the Sermon on the Mount the, that we will read about and uh, look at next week, you will see that he is a very different kind of teacher. Already we know he's a different kind of person. But now we're going to see he's, his teachings are very otherworldly. Nothing that anyone has been used to. All right. Thank you for sticking with this. Hopefully we will be able to cover a little bit more about the person of Jesus. To this point, we've been reading the surroundings of his coming on into the earth and the people who initially followed him. Thanks so much. And I will see you next time. Be blessed. Be blessed.